Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Coaches have a tremendous impact in the lives of their players, and author Austin Macbeth's experience as a collegiate men's basketball coach explores this in his work, The Sweet 16, A Coach's Guide to Leadership. Austin is with me here right now. Austin, thank you for sitting down and chatting tonight. Thanks for so much for having me. So can you tell us about The Sweet 16? Yeah, The Sweet 16 was inspired just through what I do on a daily basis, which I'm a Division II men's basketball coach. One of the things that I unfortunately see a lot in my line of work, um, not even specifically from one person, but just kind of all over sports. I mean, I played at the Division I level. I've played at the JUCO level. I've kind of seen most places that basketball has to offer besides for the NBA. And there's just a lot of, in my opinion, just the word corruption comes to mind, but it's just, it's a perversion of power. So what the book is about is it talks about how as coaches, we have such an impact on the kids that we coach, whether you're a college coach, high school, AAU, third grade, like the things that we say, the way that we treat our kids has huge impact, probably as much if not more than some parents because of the time that we spend with them doing something that they love. And I've just seen a lot of coaches out of their frustration with the improvement or the amount of success that they're having, say things, do things that really, really, really hurt kids. And then unfortunately they say things like, I love you guys so much. I wouldn't trade you for the world. And so there's just this unhealthy process of instilling this connection between love looks like what my coach does to me. And it's really broken. And I think it's hurting a lot of people all for the sake of trying to win games. Being this is sort of a controversial topic dealing with corruption and things like that. Were there any challenges along the way because of the subject of the book? Absolutely. Um, I knew that when, when the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to write the book, I knew going into it that it was going to be a very controversial topic. I knew that I was probably going to get a lot of pushback because some of the most revered people in our society are some of just kind of like the headliner coaches that throw chairs and kick things and get cheered as they walk out of the arena after being thrown out of a game and the football coaches on the sidelines that go crazy and break their headsets. Like those are the people that were like, man, like we love those coaches. So I knew that it was going to be very controversial, but I think it's one of those things that as a Christ follower, I mean, the Bible is so consistent that the way that God thinks, the way that God does things is always going to confuse the wise. And it's always going to be different than what the world would tell us is the right way. And so I think in a lot of ways as Christians and as Christ followers, if we are just kind of fitting in with the crowd and we're just kind of doing the same things that everybody else is doing, we have to ask ourselves, is this the way that Christ would do it? Because Christ was the rock of offense is what the Bible says. And so if this book isn't offending people, 
then I think it's probably one of those things where, you know, is it just fluff or is it really the gospel and what God would want us to preach and teach? And so I knew it was going to get some pushback. And that's just something as a Christ follower, like that's something that we should be looking for. Like we should be looking. I mean, the Bible talks so much about when people curse you for my namesake, you're blessed. And so I think that this book is probably going to present some of those challenges, and I'm just hoping that I have the grace to handle it the right way and hopefully point people to Christ. The book is The Sweet 16, A Coach's Guide to Leadership by Austin Macbeth, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Austin, thank you for sitting down and chatting with me tonight. It was great getting to know you and about your book. Corey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. The prison system is complex, and something not many of us know really a whole lot about. Author Glenn R. Reed Jr. draws on his experiences as a correctional officer in his new book, From the Inside Looking Out. Glenn is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Glenn, thank you for being here with me tonight. Thank you. Can you tell us about what you're talking about in From the Inside Looking Out? Realistically, the book I had wrote was about what actually goes inside the prison. I'm talking about from an inmate's perspective all the way to how the prisons are run by the correctional staff of the uh, uh, state or prison or whatever entity it is. And is this the first book you've published? Yes, it is. This is the first book that I have written, presently working on another one, but this one I'm, uh, this is the first one I have written. Was there something in specific that inspired you to write about this? I've always wanted to write a book, but when I was writing, when I started to sit down and write this book, when I worked in the prison department, I realized there's a lot of problems internally within the within the prison department itself, just as it is on the outside of today. But I wanted to let everybody know what the inside of the prison is about, particularly things like when you take an individual and you incarcerate an individual, if that individual is a, is a good person, if you don't do the things right in the prison, then he doesn't, he doesn't stay a good person. Even if he does his time, he comes out being a, a not a very good person. So I wanted to understand everybody to understand that the, the system in the prison is not designed to rehabilitate, rehabilitate anybody either. Uh, it, it's all in one person's heart. And whether you're placed in, in the penitentiary or whatever, you have to learn to, that you've done wrong and that you have to correct yourself and, and that the system is not going to do it for you. About how long were you working on this book before it came out? I started about two years ago because what I did was I first wanted to, I knew what I wanted to put down. So I first started out by the chapters on the subjects that I wanted to talk about. And then I started working on them. And after I had got it done, I went back and and redid it again to make sure that I had touched every area that I wanted to touch. So that's, that's, it took me a while to do it, but I got it done. Are you thinking of maybe a follow-up to this or writing another kind of book? Yes, I am. I'm thinking about writing a follow-up to it. I might start on that here in a couple of weeks. I've got some other ideas of how things that could be better in the prison. If, if I think if the people would take these ideas and put them together to better to help rehabilitation of the incarcerated. And now that you've been through this process, do you have any words of advice for upcoming writers that want to do the same thing? When you write a book like this, make sure, I think, and I want to give you some advice to check out the uh, each individual uh, prison department's policies and procedures. They, they go by a set of rules or regulations that is not so much uh, the same as it is on the outside. Uh, the outside here is, is a little bit of difference, but the inside is really, really different. You really need to be careful what you write about or what you do unless you have, have uh, researched the whole matter. The book is From the Inside Looking Out by Glenn R. Reed, Jr., 
Published by Fulton Books, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. Well, Glenn, thank you for joining us tonight. It was great chatting with you and getting to know more about your book. Thank you, and I appreciate it. Author H.L. Crocker tells the story of a young falcon and teaches some important life lessons in her new book, Nivid Learns to Fly, which is out on shelves now. H.L. is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so pleased to be here. So Nivid Learns to Fly. Can you tell us about this book? Yeah, I was teaching. I taught second grade for 25 years, and it had occurred to me that a lot of the books I was presenting to the children either were meaningful, but the children found them to be boring and not attention-getting, and I would lose the focus of the very young. I saw the need for books that could captivate the children's attention while also teaching some character and moral development and giving parents and teachers a jumping off point for important discussions regarding character, but they also needed to hold children's attention with the exciting illustrations and Seuss-like rhymes. After all the years of teaching, I noticed how much children loved a talking animal story when you, you know, gave personification to animals and taught the lessons through them and how much they loved the rhyming, sing-song quality of of the Seuss-type book. And I found that I could get their attention for important discussions about character development by using animals and Seuss-like rhyme. What gave you the idea to use a falcon as the focus? You know what? I just was looking at the issue of children wanting to, and young people, wanting to fit in with others, even at the expense of everything their parents had taught them, everything that God wanted us to learn. So having a falcon fall in amongst ostriches and then be told that he has to become like them, as opposed to trusting his own instincts and being who he knew he was supposed to be. Is this the first book you've written or had published? This is the first that I've had published, but I have six more character development animal stories waiting in the wings. Oh, wow. And as soon as I'm able to do so, I'd like to start a series. All of the books focus on things like vanity, teamwork. You know, there's just a, a slew of important discussions that parents and teachers can use these books as a kind of a springboard into meaningful discussions. But first you have to get the children's attention. And there's no better way to do that than with animals, engaging illustrations, and Seuss-like rhyme. Now, is this for really young children, maybe kindergarten age or a little bit older? What are you thinking? You know, the target audience could go from kindergarten to third or fourth grade, depending on their levels of understanding. And But it definitely could run from five to ten years old as the target audience. Being that you've just been through your first publishing experience, do you have any words of wisdom for authors that want to do the same thing? Just that if, if you um, really believe you have something to offer— and you believe it with every ounce of your soul, don't give up. You know, in the, in this world, it's a little tricky to get published. You've got to have, you know, your startup money and you've got to be. But if you have important things that you think you have to offer the world, don't let failures or defeat get in your way. You just get off your train and keep pushing it forward until, until you get what you want and get the important works out there where people can enjoy them and benefit from them. The book is Nivid Learns to Fly by H.L. Crocker, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. H.L., it was a delight speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for your time. The clashing of cultures often results in a lot to learn about ourselves and others. And author Ivan Watson explores this in his new book, 
the river flows on. Ivan is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Ivan, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Can you tell us about The River Flows On? The River Flows On is the story of two places, Guyana and the U.S. The main character, who really comes from a river and area, was rather ambivalent about his heritage and place in the scheme of things. He was never able to come to terms with life's vagaries. Uh, he's contrasted with a supporting character in the novel who rides the crest of difficult circumstances, and she was still able to hold on to her faith, and, her, and she also thrives. Where did the idea for this come from? The idea came from the fact that I was brought up on a family which on my mother's side, grew up in the riverine area, and uh, a lot of the experiences and the themes that were developed in the book originated in that area. I'm also a product of um, being the son of a, a minister. I've had some of the experiences that uh, the main character had to uh, work on during his life. I'm also an immigrant who came to the United States to study and work, and now retired. And so all of those themes were developed over that period. Would you say the main character then has a lot of you and your life and experiences sort of built into him? Actually, some of my experiences have been similar to many characters. Uh, I've been being the son of a preacher, of a minister. I'm also with my mother's family, so reverend family. I've also had some of the experiences that he's had. I've also been an immigrant coming to the United States to study and to work. And so many of the themes that are in the book actually part of my experience. Is this the first book you've written? Um, yes. Uh, previous to that, I published a collection of short, of short stories, and um, I published a collection of poems in Guyana. That's many, many years ago. But in respect of writing a, a complete novel, my first attempt. What was that experience like, your first try writing a novel? Very, very exciting. I actually started it several years ago. There were some ideas that I had in my head. I put them down, and then I left them for a long time. Recently, I, I picked it up again, and I thought of things that would fall into place after a while. And now that I'm retired, I sort of able to put it all together. It was a very, very great experience. Do you have any words of advice now that you've written a novel and you've gone through the publishing process do you have advice for aspiring authors that want to do the same thing? Yes, I would. Uh, I will say that once one has an idea in your head, one needs to start putting it down. Uh, after a while, it becomes easier because at the beginning, it's a bit difficult. But once you start the process, things tend to fall into place. The end, you can look back and see it was a uh, work well done. The book is The River Flows On by Ivan Watson, published by Fulton Books. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and Google Play. Ivan, thank you for chatting tonight. It was great meeting you and finding out about the book. Thank you very much for having me. Terror in the Woods by J.C. Lefew is a collection of tales all revolving around just that, Terror in the Woods. J.C. is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thank you for being here with us tonight, J.C. Well, thank you for having me. Can you tell us about Terror in the Woods? Um, yes, it is a collection of short stories, and they're all horror stories, and they all take place in the woods. 
So what inspired you to write this? Were these stories that you had and collected, or did you write these stories intentionally around this theme? Originally, I was just inspired to write the one story called Snake Bite, and I just kind of went from there. I thought that it would be fun to write a collection of short stories that all took place in the woods. Is this the first book you've had published? Yes. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. So what's it feel like to have your work out there for the world? Exciting. I'm hoping that people will read it and that they enjoy it and that they'll want some more work for me to read. So would you say that this is thriller, suspense, or horror? What genre would you say this falls under? They're all horror, but there are some that is more suspense, and then there's a couple in there that's thriller, too. But I'm very, very fond of the horror genre. Who are some of your favorite authors that you like to read in that genre? Stephen King, definitely. Mm -hmm. Joe Hill. I also enjoy Joe Hill very much. So were there any challenges along the way? This is your first time publishing. Did you find anything challenging, or is there something you learned? In the story, DNC that took that from a lot of my own personal experience with the miscarriage, and it was actually a little bit harder to write that story than the others, but I'm glad I did. So is this a book you would say is an adult horror kind of book as opposed to a young adult horror or even for children? Oh, it is definitely not for children. It is definitely geared towards adults. Do you have any advice for aspiring authors that want to write a book and get it out there? Just keep moving forward, and it will definitely happen. So are there other kinds of books out there outside of the horror genre that you read to keep motivated or inspired or entertained? Oh, yes. Um, I'm Right now I'm reading the Outlander series, and I also enjoy Jackie Collins very much. So are you thinking of writing another book, maybe another collection of sorts stories, maybe a novel, something like that? I'm actually working on novels right now. I have one novel that is getting ready to go into publishing. It's called The Lingering, and I'm working on another one right now that is called Ring Christmas Hell. Are you going forward with the horror genre in those as well? Yes. So about how long did it take you, when it's all said and done, to write these stories and then get them ready to publish? Oh, that actually... Writing them took a few months. It was longer to publish them. I I was really excited about writing them, so it didn't take too long to write them. The book is Terror in the Woods by J.C. Lefew, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere. J.C., thank you so much for talking with us tonight about your book. It was great chatting with you. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Books are a great way to encourage and inspire children. And author Jennifer Menon Parker looks to do this with her new book, Einstein's Shoelaces. Jennifer is here with me right now. Jennifer, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you. Can you tell us about Einstein's Shoelaces? It sounds really intriguing. Well, I got the idea for the book from my grandson, who at the time was struggling to tie his shoelaces. Having taught in the sciences for years, there are obviously a lot of our more prestigious scientists that have struggled through things in their past. And one story that kept popping up in my mind was how Einstein allegedly had difficulty tying his shoelaces. So I thought if I could make a story that related the two, my grandson to Einstein, that maybe he would feel less challenged by the shoelace and more encouraged by the possibility that he could overcome it, just like Einstein did. Is this the first book you've published? It is the first, yes. 
Oh, congratulations. That is a huge deal. Well, thank you. Uh, how does it feel now to have your first one out there on shelves? It is very exciting for me. I think that there are a lot of children that deal with certain issues that they feel are insurmountable. And by having a book that shows them that no, these issues are not insurmountable, and even some of the greatest people in our society have overcome similar issues, I think it will provide that benefit for them. Now, was there a certain segment of children that you were aiming for on this? Were there younger children, uh, a little bit older children? I'm aiming for younger children, mainly because it seems like the sciences have kind of gone by the wayside in elementary education. So I really want to bring STEM awareness back to children, because I think if you get them when they are young, then that passion for science will stay with them as they get older. Now that you've been through the writing process and the publishing process, which is a whole thing of itself, is there any advice that you could offer to aspiring authors that want to do the same thing? Don't give up. Just keep focused on the end goal and just don't give up. Just keep pushing. And eventually, when you have wonderful people to work with, like I did, it will come about and your dreams will be realized. Are you thinking of a follow-up to this or maybe writing something else? I actually would like to make this a series. I have a couple of thoughts in mind, but we'll just have to see how Einstein's shoelaces goes, and then we'll proceed from there. In the process of writing, did you ever get writer's block? And if you did, was there a way that you got yourself out of it? Well, fortunately, it was a fairly short book, so my writer's block didn't last for very long. And again, my grandson is a huge inspiration for things like this. So fortunately, it didn't take too long to get this put together, and I was really thrilled. The book is Einstein's Shoelaces by Jennifer Menon Parker, published by Christian Faith Publishing, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Jennifer, thank you again for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure meeting you and chatting with you about your book. Thank you very much, Corey. Author John Pirtle is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. His new book, Lily, is on shelves now. John, thank you for being here with us tonight. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So can you tell us about Lily? Well, Lily is a, a short novel. It's about a single woman. She's a high school English teacher who is hired by Covenant, a Christian school in another town from where she's currently employed as a teacher. And she uproots and she tries to discover her path in a new location. She's open to new friendships, new work relationships, even new romantic relationships. But mostly she's just trying to discover where God is amidst all the changes and how an ostensibly Christian environment is fraught with some difficult challenges, with some sabotage, with some evil, and with some powers that are out to destroy her. And so she's she kind of just sets out and uh, wants to understand her way, discover her way, and why God is allowing these things. Where did the idea for the plot and the characters setting and everything come from? That's a great question. I don't really know a specific answer to that other than that I was just interested in her as a character. And once I kind of listened to her and just explored her, I, I followed her where she led me. Have you been published before or written a book before? Uh, I've not been published before. I've written uh, some stuff for degrees like a master's thesis and that kind of stuff. It's first publication. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. It's a, quite a milestone. A lot of people say that they are going to get published and want to get published, but never quite get there. Were there any challenges along the way? Anything you learned along the way of getting it published? Well, I learned that it's 
a discipline that you just you try to do every day. I enjoyed it though, uh, and I'm continuing to do it. But it, it was just a discipline, and, and I was surprised really at how the pages added up. I initially, when I began, I thought it was just going to be a, a short story, and it it kept going the, the more I followed the characters. So uh, I just kind of learned to to see it through and to follow it where it led. Yeah, it's certainly important to have that discipline to make sure that you're writing every day, even when you don't feel like it. Is there any other words of advice that you could give to aspiring writers that want to write their first book and get it out there on shelves? Uh, I would just say write what interests you. Write the truth uh, the way that you understand it. And I think readers respond to that. They respond to truthfulness and veracity when they see it on the page. It's like, hey, this sort of resonates with my own life. Are there any more books on the horizon for you? Are you thinking of maybe a follow-up to this or another book? I am. I'm doing both. I'm currently working on a, a follow-up to Lily that continues her story. And then also I have a book of short stories that I'm completing. With all these stories, do you ever get writer's block? And if you do, how do you get out of it? <laughs> well, I don't know that I'm, I'm qualified to you know say that I'm a writer yet, but Writer's block. Yeah, there's certainly days where you don't feel like doing it, you know, sitting down at the desk and actually nugging through it. How do I get through it? I just I keep reading. I read a lot. And sometimes things that you will read will trigger something in you. And then you you find that your pen is moving. So now that you have your first novel out, it's on shelves and people are reading your work. You created this. What kind of feeling does that give you? It's a feeling of satisfaction that you did something that you put your mind to. And um, I'm so grateful to Christian Faith Publishing. Uh, they were so helpful along the whole way. It, it is satisfying, but then you want to you want to continue. You're like, okay, I did that one. Now let me see what's next. <laughs> and we're looking forward to it. The book is Lily by John Pertle, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. John, thank you so much for sitting down with me tonight and talking about your book. It was great chatting. Thank you so much, Corey. I really appreciate it. Right here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I have with me author Jim Grant. His newest novel is The Reluctant Savior, Book One, Re-Entry, by Kristen and Kron. Jim, thank you for chatting with me here tonight. Sure, glad to be here. So can you tell us about The Reluctant Savior? I can. It's, an, it's actually the book one of a trilogy. It's a story of a Danish research scientist involved in the discovery of vitamin K back in the 20th century, who met a rather untimely death in a boating accident and returns to Earth with a special mission at the request of God. So it's kind of a otherworldly uh, story, and yet it, it involves a lot of different characters in the medical field and quite a number of fields, some villains, some interesting folks. But the story centers around May 21st, 2011, which is a date that a radio evangelist, I guess you would say, name of Harold Camping, this is an actual prediction, not a, a made-up one, but he predicted the return of Jesus Christ on that date. And soon thereafter said that the, the world would come to an end, the chosen ones would be raptured up and so forth and so on. Well, obviously that day came and went and nothing happened, at least nothing happened according to what he had predicted. But the thesis of my book is something very important did indeed happen on that date. So my story starts there, it ends there, and it, in between about 38 chapters goes back to 2002 and builds up to the climax there on that date. So where did the idea for this come from? <laughs> you know, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, an R, I'm an RN. I work in healthcare. 
I probably haven't read 10 novels in my whole life. I like nonfiction. I originally had set out to write a nonfiction book on vitamin K2, which is the next and upcoming vitamin, similar to vitamin D in popularity, or it will be. So that was my original intent. And then I thought, you know, there's a lot of nonfiction books about stuff like that. Why not write something really fun and crazy that would include not only that, but several other areas of interest of mine. So then is this the first book you've published? It is. It's the first book. I'm working on the second, which is entitled The Reluctant Savior, Daughter of God. Well, congratulations on that. It's a huge accomplishment. What was that like for you, that experience, uh, writing your first book, publishing your first book, going through all that? It's like an unfinished work. I still have two other volumes to go. My original intent was to make a movie, and it still is. My son and daughter-in-law are actors in New York City, and I'd written parts into the story for them. I really envision everything as a movie. It's kind of like I feel like a director writing little scenes and sets and soundtracks and all kinds of cool stuff like that. So The book is The Reluctant Savior, Book One Reentry by Kristen and Kron, published by Fulton Books. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else that you buy books. Jim, thank you for being with me here tonight. It was great chatting with you and finding out about these books. Cool. Well, thank you. I enjoyed talking with you. What was the daily life of a Viking really like? What did their children do? Author Laura K. Parker teaches about the lives of Viking kids in her new book, My Life as a Viking Child in the 800s. Laura is joining me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Laura, thank you for chatting with me tonight. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So my life as a Viking child in the 800s, this is fascinating. It's very original. Can you tell us about it? I have taught school for 31 years, sub for the past two years, and I found that we just don't have a whole lot of nonfiction books that grab children's interest in the primary middle grades. So I decided long ago I would write a series of nonfiction children's books. And I just started with Vikings because all kids seem to love Vikings. Is this the first book you've written? This is the first book I've written. I've had other smaller publications in like Reader's Digest type books and cookbooks. Uh, What's it feel like now actually having a full-fledged novel out there for people to buy and read? It's kind of awe inspiring. I mean, I was kind of scared when it first came out. I was like, what will people think of my book? I'm glad I could finally write it. My children were all excited. They've all read it. So I hope other people besides my own family love it. (laughs) Was there anything that you learned along the way of publishing this book? Yes, it takes a lot of time to publish a book. I mean, you first, especially with nonfiction, you are reading dissertations, people's books that they've written on an adult level about Vikings. I've watched YouTube videos, a lot of BBC publications. And uh, then once you read it all, you have to compile your notes. And in my case, you have to write it to where it's not on an adult level with as much blood and gore as adult dissertations contain. So that does take quite a bit of time. Mm. Are you thinking of maybe writing a follow-up to this or another work? I have been working currently on a book about medieval England, my life as a child in the medieval times. And this one I've had to work on quite a bit because I couldn't figure out how to do it without having three children in it. So I have one who's a peasant son, which was most of the population in medieval England. One was a guild member's son, which would read call a merchant nowadays. And then I have the third child in that book is a nobleman's son. So I'm working on that one time. 
Do you ever get writer's block? And if you do, do you have a strategy for getting out of it? I probably have because I've just kind of stopped. But then I have I will order another textbook on either at that time, the Viking time or right now, the medieval time and start reading it and seeing if I can come up with different information to tell children that would spark their interest so they would actually go and learn more. Now that you've been through the writing and publishing processes, do you have any advice, any words of wisdom for aspiring writers? Don't give up because this writing process takes a long time. Finding a publisher is just as time consuming, I think. And, you know, after a while getting rejection notices, it hurts. It always hurts. But you just have your little pity party for about 10 minutes and pull yourself up and send it out to another publishing house. The book is My Life as a Viking Child in the 800s by Laura K. Parker. Published by Christian Faith Publishing, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and iTunes, and elsewhere. Laura, thank you again for chatting with me here tonight. It was great meeting you and finding out about your book. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Children of the Streets, Scott's Story, is a new book by Richard W. Stavros and Timothy J. Gardner. Richard is talking with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Richard, thanks for joining me tonight. You're welcome. It's great talking to you. So can you tell us about Children of the Streets, Scott's Story? This is two parts in one volume. Yeah, it's two parts. It deals with the kids that run away and why they run away and what happens to them when they do run away. The story's premise is uh, father and son. The dad's trying to relive his glory years through his son, and he's pushing him to be the next Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, whatever you want. It's in baseball. It deals with baseball. And the kid used to love baseball, but it's got to a point now where he can't stand it. That's all his father thinks about, about him playing in the pros. And it gets to a point where they end up in a big argument in a big fight after a game, and Scott doesn't know what to do with himself. He's contemplating suicide. He's contemplating running away. And at the end, he decides to run away. And what happens to these kids when they run away? Another one of the runaways is a young girl who comes from an abusive family, and it's a lot of it's more verbal abuse than it is physical, but there are threats, and she decides to run away. And the two of them meet in the middle of the night in New York City, and they have no idea or no clue what to do. And all of a sudden, this other teenager comes in who was a kid that was actually born on the streets. He's one of the kids that hustles everybody. And he works for what I call the establishment there. It's the criminal organization that basically takes in these kids, utilizes them, and he's kind of try to recruit them into his little web of the undercover world. And what ends up happening is very tragic. It takes place over a 24-hour period and doesn't end well. How did the idea for this story come about? I was originally back in 1991, a few years ago. I kept waking up in the middle of the night with this crazy story in my head and God telling me to write it. And I'm not a writer, per se. And it just kept on going. And finally, I said, okay, I'll do it. So I originally wrote it as a musical drama. So it was really, really written as a play. And over the years, we've done the play. And people kept saying it should be made into a movie. It should be made into a book. And over the time, I've actually come out with part two, which is the follow-up of Scott's story. It's the, from consequences of your actions, what happens, and now they're all living the consequences of Scott's running away. So we call that one the aftermath. Do you have any words of advice for aspiring writers that want to get published as well? Well, the experience I've had with uh, the publishing company that I work with, Christian Faith, was very remarkable. They were very helpful from the beginning to the end process and really appreciated everything that they did. 
I've stuck this out and been doing this since 1991. There's part one, two, three, and four, which uh, we're still working on four to finish up. But never give up. If you get an idea, just let it flow, and you'll be surprised how it works when it comes together. It's, it's, it's incredible. The book is Children of the Streets, Scott's Story, by Richard W. Stavros and Timothy J. Gardner. Published by Christian Faith Publishing, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Richard, thank you for coming on the show here tonight. It was great chatting with you. And thank you for calling in. Author Robert Van Fossen writes about the true meaning of Easter in his new book, Easter Dreams. Robert is here with me right now. Robert, thank you for talking with me tonight. Oh, thank you for calling. Absolutely. Can you tell us about what you're writing about in Easter Dreams? My Easter book and stuff like that is when I started it with my mom. She's a Sunday school teacher. And it's about Easter candy, Easter rabbits. And it goes into a, being a party day, uh, land of dreams. And at that point, uh, it goes into the religious aspect, uh, the Rolling Stone and Jesus and the regulation. I'll let my daughter help you with that one. Sure. Um, my dad read a book when my brother and I were kids. He was trying to explain the story of Easter and, and why it's not just about candy and, and Easter rabbits and why we should, you know, pay attention to what the true meaning was. And he wrote a book to try to make it easier for us to understand. Robert is joined by his daughter. Can you introduce yourself? Tia Van Fossen. Hi, Tia. Thank you for joining us and uh, and helping Robert along here today. Now, part of the main message of the book is the true meaning of Easter. What inspired you to get the true meaning, that message, out there? Was there a need for that? He had two young children at the time. My brother and I were like three and seven years old, and we actually approached him one day and said, you know, why do we have to go to church? Uh, we just kind of want our candy. <laughs> and that kind of, I think, send the the thought process of trying to explain it to us in a, in a way that we would understand. Robert, is this the first book you've written? Yes, sir. Well, congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment. A lot of people want to do it. They say they're going to do it, and then they never do it. So now you've done it. How does that feel? It feels good first. Now I'm just trying to get it all together here. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned along the way of publishing your first book? The people that I work with, the uh, Christian Faith Publishing House, Worked real close together and got her done. Uh, learned a lot of lessons of writing. Not too good on spelling and stuff, but they're helping me out quite a bit. Would you have any advice for an upcoming writer who wants to publish his first book? Get a good publisher, say, like Christian Faith, and listen to them. They, uh, they know what they're doing. Are you thinking of writing another book, maybe a follow-up to this or a different kind of work? I thought about it, but I'm working on a coloring book to this one, and then at that point, maybe... The kids uh, at one time wanted to do something with the St. Patrick's Day. We're thinking about it. Now, this is a children's book. Would you say it's primarily for very young children or maybe children that are a little bit older or a little bit of everyone? I would say it's probably 10 and under, from very small children to the younger age, you know, up to middle school probably. The book is Easter Dreams by Robert Van Fossen, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, iTunes, and elsewhere. Robert and Tia, thank you both for joining me here tonight on the Reader House Author Roundtable. It was great speaking with you, with meeting you, and finding out about the book. Thank you very much. Thank you. What is God's kingdom, and how is he building it? Author Roy David Cheney talks about it in his new book, God's Divine Plan to Build His Kingdom 
and to live with you, his creation. Roy is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Roy, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. My honor to be here. So can you tell us about your book? Yeah, it is about God's decision to reveal his attributes to all of his creation and from the perspective of an all-knowing God. And also learn the importance that his creation must decide if they are going to love him and obey his laws. God is able to reveal his love and correction to his creation through the decisions they make. You will learn the role Satan has in testing human beings so they can decide whom they're going to obey and serve, God or Satan. What gave you the idea to write the book? Well, as I was studying God's Word, the Holy Spirit began to touch my life and give me understanding about God building his kingdom. And it was an amazing adventure what the Holy Spirit was revealing to me, things that I didn't understand before, and uh, the purpose of why he has done this creation. Is this the first book you've written? It is. Oh, congratulations. That's a big deal to be published like that. How does it feel now having your work out there for people to read? Well, I am amazed at it. I'm amazed at how the Holy Spirit has intertwined and made things happen when I didn't understand if it could ever happen. And it's been an amazing thing what the Holy Spirit has done. About how long were you working on the book? It was about three years. And now that you've come through that journey, do you have any words of advice for aspiring writers? If the Holy Spirit is revealing understanding, stay truthful to what has been revealed to you and do not deviate from it. Now, are you thinking of writing another book, maybe a follow-up or another kind of work? Well, there is a possibility. There seems to me that the Holy Spirit is giving me more understanding about another topic. Uh, I can assume you spend a lot of time in the Bible. Are there any other kinds of books that you like to read to keep recharged and inspired? Not really. Only uh, Christian books uh, that I read and uh, uh, study. Now, when you were writing this book, did you ever hit writer's block at all, where you wanted to write, but the words just weren't coming to you? And if you did, did you have a way of getting out of that? Well, I wouldn't call it writer's block. How I would describe it is the Holy Spirit would reveal things to me faster than I could write. It was really hard at times to keep up, and the Holy Spirit helped me through it. The book is God's Divine Plan to Build His Kingdom and to Live with You, His Creation, by Roy David Cheney. Published by Christian Faith Publishing, it's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Roy, thank you for chatting tonight. It was great getting to know you and to learn more about your book. Well, thank you so much. Truth and Hope are the promise of author Victor Taylor's new book, The Coming of the Glory of the Lord, Delivery from Darkness. Victor is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Thanks for chatting with me tonight, Victor. No problem. Glad to be here. So can you tell us about what you've written about in The Coming of the Glory of the Lord? Right now, we're living in an age of unprecedented change, and the world is moving faster and faster into utter darkness because of the rejection of the true light of God's holy word. And even though all this darkness is filling the earth, the Lord wants us to be filled with hope. 
knowing that his glory is soon to come upon the church to show the world that he alone is God. Where did the idea for this come from? Well, I've been studying prophecy for some 35 years, and it just fascinates me. And uh, I look forward to the Lord's return. And the Holy Spirit moved upon me one night. It started at 4 o'clock in the morning, as I put in the book. And for about four or five nights in a row at 4 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit wake me up, and just the word came flooding out of me. It was just awesome. Is this the first time you've been published? Yes, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. So what's it feel like now being a published author? Your work is out there on shelves for people to read. Oh, it just blows my mind what God can do. You know, I'm just a simple guy, you know, and and the Lord gave me this book. It just blew my mind. Are you thinking of maybe writing another book, like a sequel to this or maybe something else? No, probably not. Maybe a Christian mystery novel uh, is in the works, but uh, we'll just have to see. Uh, being new to writing and publishing, were there any challenges or surprises along the way? Well, it was uh, it was a big challenge for me because I'm pretty computer illiterate, and so it took quite a while to type it up. But the people down at the public library were a real big help to me, and I just want to give them a shout out and God bless them for all that they did to help me. I could have never made it without their help. If you could give a piece of advice to aspiring writers who want to write their first book and get it published, what would you say? If the desire in your heart is to write something that's going to help people and be a blessing to people, I'd say go for it. Just ask God to help you. He will. He'll lead your way. So what kinds of things do you read to keep inspired or motivated? Uh, obviously, I would assume the Bible is one of them. What other kinds of things do you like to read? I like to read a bunch of prophecy books about the things that other people have been shown that God has shown them. And But I like outdoors things. I like sailing in the ocean and uh, all of God's creation. I love to be out in nature and read it, really. I don't read a whole lot of books, but that's about it, I guess. The book is The Coming of the Glory of the Lord, Delivery from Darkness by Victor Taylor, published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Victor, thank you for coming on the show tonight and chatting. It was great getting to know you and finding out about the book. Well, thank you, Corey, and you have a blessed day. Writing down your life's experiences and sharing them with others can bring a sense of togetherness, helping each other deal with the challenges we all face. Victoria Stith shows this in her new book, Who Am I Am? A Journal of My Thoughts, Issues, and Opinions. Victoria is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Victoria, thanks for being here with me tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. So can you tell us about Who Am I Am? It's a, a, a compiling some journals that I, I would write. Just to go back a little bit, I started in the uh, mid-90s writing journals. So what I did was I just sat down, I put these journals together, and they were just a lot, some of them are about my life experiences or events that happen, and I just write them down, and I just put them together, you know. And what gave you the idea to put this into print and get it out there for people to read? My, uh, several of my children and one of the ladies that, when I attended Acts Full Gospel, she would always say, you know, you should write a book. You should do that. And I thought about that. I prayed on it, and... I um, just went, went on ahead and I moved forward. I took a chance. I um, said either they'll accept it or they won't, you know, but I just, that's how I came about it. 
Is there a specific group of people you had in mind while you were writing this who would get the most out of this, like an age group or maybe Christian women, a group like that? I think to start with Christian women or just women in general, with from my own personal experience and professional experience working with women in recovery and my own experience as a recovering addict and alcoholic, I target women first, but then everybody. It's for anybody, anybody who wants to change in their life. They don't think they can, but they can change. Is this the first book you've had published? Yes. Yes, it is. Congratulations. Thank you. That's a huge accomplishment. How does it feel now having your work out there on shelves and people are buying it and reading it? I tell you, if anybody could feel what I feel, it's, it's, a, it's a marvelous, wonderful feeling. I never thought I could do anything like this. And now you're a veteran of the process. You have experience with it now. Are there any words of wisdom, any advice you could give to aspiring writers? What I want to give aspiring writers is do it. If you know you, it's in you, just sit down every day or get on your laptop. Get your stick out and just start putting it in there. Put whatever's in you, put it on that paper. Do it. Because you only live once. You only live once. And make the best of it while you're here. Absolutely. The book is Who Am I Am? A Journal of My Thoughts, Issues, and Opinions by Victoria Stith. Published by Christian Faith Publishing. It's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and elsewhere. Victoria, thank you for joining us tonight. It was great speaking with you and learning about your book. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.